0: Welcome back to Play Hype Dialogue Season 2, sponsored by GameStop. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Don't sue us. (laughs) Don't come for us, Reddit. (laughs) Um, So we are back. We've been on a little bit of a break, and we're diving in with some new content, some new material, and a little bit of a new structure. Uh, And today we're going to be talking about one of the biggest shows that's out right now. Um, which is Bridgerton, um, which I think just broke Netflix's top, like top most watched oh, really? show ever of their original shows. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and we're going to jump all up into the conversation about uh, race and historical accuracy and the show's portrayal of uh, people of color. We're going to talk about gender and sexuality. So we're going to get all up in there with Bridgerton. Um, but before we jump in, Um, just in case you forgot who we are. This is Carmela,
1: Carlos, Omar,
0: (laughs) and uh, Carlos is going to talk to us for a minute about what our new structure is going to be like coming in hot for season two.
2: So, uh, this, time around we're going to do things a little bit differently um instead of having a weekly episode where we go uh episode by episode of a series we're going to be doing monthly episodes where we talk about a season entirety or a film in its entirety and really dive deeper into some of the broader themes and some of the broader issues in said topic while also bringing it into context of some of the things that are happening in the world around us or in the larger uh, cinematic universe that is hollywood nollywood bollywood etc etc okay love
0: it. (laughs) omar did you want to add anything or should we just jump in on bridgerton
1: now just well i want to add that i had no intention of watching the show and then (laughs) the two of these two jackweeds (laughs) like forced me to watch it and really i became hooked i was just like Wow, this is actually like interesting stuff to talk about. I'm, you know, it's him. cool. <laughs> apparently me and 82 other million people, you know, we're, we're into it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's spicy. It's real spicy. It's real it's sexy. It's messy. It's, <sighs> messy. <laughs> no, it's a messy. It's show. spicy. Like,
2: messy. It's
0: saucy. It's a little messy. Um, everything we love to talk about. (laughs) Um, So why don't we do, why don't we start with kind of first impressions? Um, Omar, let's, let's start with you. What are your kind of big takeaways from the show?
1: Yeah. Well, one, I did not want to like it too. You know what? um, The biggest takeaway was like how important communication is. Like as everyone's (laughs) like going through their shit, I'm like, do you realize how, how much easier your lives would be if you just communicated with each other, like just was honest and told each other what's what. Like I remember I was just watching it like this like felt like this adult, like y'all kids need to talk to each other. <laughs> but yeah, that was my my big... my other take was like, it's interesting that this became the the biggest hit of Netflix. You know what I mean? And I'm wondering why. I, and that's not, and I don't mean, like, it doesn't deserve it. I'm just, like, wondering, I'm like, what is it about this show that made so many people tune in? Was it The Sex? Was it Shonda? Was it um, the the story? Was it, like, people? I mean, here's the thing. I love a period piece, but I wasn't, like, like super excited about this one. But um, it was interesting because my mom and I are both big fans of period pieces, and one of our complaints was always, like, it's too many, like, white stories there's not enough like people of color in these in these shows or movies and so i i even question why i was like kind of not too hyped about this one but now i am so Hmm. damn it
0: (laughs) (laughs) interesting yeah i definitely think that's a big
2: conversation carlos what was your first impressions and takeaways I mean, <clears throat> so I'm usually not that big into period pieces um, they are sort of hit or miss for me. Um, but I was like, this one looks bright and colorful. It doesn't seem to sort of fall into some of the trappings that some European period pieces can fall into. Um And it was a lot hornier than I thought it was gonna be. Like, people were like, oh, there's a lot of sex. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot of sex. But then I watched it and I was like, there's a lot of sex. And not in the sort of uh, missionary that you might be used to seeing in these pieces. Like, they go in, in a variety of different ways that I was not expecting. I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm not watching this with my mother or with my aunt. Like, this is, watch it by yourselves, people. if you haven't already, (laughs) Do not watch it with your parents.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I feel like my, so. I I saw like the preview before, early on, like a couple of months before it came out, or whenever the preview came out, the algorithm showed it to me. <laughs> I guess I'm in the target audience, um, and I I knew I was going to be seeing my mom uh, over the holidays, which I hadn't obviously much because of quarantine. Um, And I sent it and I was like, we're going to watch this when it comes out. Um, It came out on Christmas day. So I was excited for it. It looked really good to me. Um, As far as period pieces, I feel like I wouldn't say I'm like, Oh, I'm a big fan of period pieces, but I did. I mean, I saw like Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility. So I feel like it's definitely there. It's not something I've sought out, but Um, I think that question that Omar brought up about why this became so popular, um, is really kind of at the, the, the core, um, of the conversation about Bridgerton. Um, I really enjoyed it. And the, the kind of like more diverse casting, I do think made it a lot more enjoyable, to watch for like a contemporary audience. Um, definitely for me and and my fiance and our family, it it's just like way more enjoyable to watch than a straight up like all white people in Regency Sierra, England. Um, but as I'm sure we're gonna talk about, I do think it like brings up some issues and it, for me, like the big parallel, I'm not the only person talking about this, but like it's the Hamilton question right like that that yeah. same question of like okay well if you put throw people of color into the story that's still essentially kind of like a, a story of colonizers or a european or a white story um does that really undermine kind of the main uh the main actual dynamics of the story um so i feel like we're gonna get into the weeds of that but that was my big takeaway i mean i Personally, individually, I loved it. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Intellectually, like, as a social scientist, I think we can definitely pull out some serious critiques. Oh, and also, I enjoyed it being, um, you know, it's, like, explicitly kind of a feminist series or it strives toward that, which is enjoyable, and particularly um, because there's, like, many lead women characters um, who have very different stories, Um, and are, in some cases, different ages, which is really nice to watch.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree that they are striving for that. And as we sort of break it down, we'll talk about some of the areas where they did really well with that. um, And some of the areas where they didn't maybe do so well (laughs) with that.
0: Yeah, definitely. So who, let's start, I feel like in the first couple of episodes when we're watching the setup, um, did anybody have a favorite character that they feel like they want to jump in on?
1: (laughs) Day one. (laughs) Day one, it was her. I was like, that was my favorite. When she walked in the room and she was like, mom, how do you, like, she just blatantly asked like, how does one become a child? I was like, yo, she's my favorite. She called people out. She got like a little bit, um, like I was a little frustrated with her, with like her basically trying to push her own um, wants onto Penelope a little bit. She was like, she was like, we don't need to get married. We can just do this and this and that. And it was like, maybe I don't want that. And I was kind of like, yeah, Louise, but still I loved her. She was my favorite. Um, hands down. Close. Set. I actually, here's the thing I didn't expect to like, I like the Bridgerton mom. Cause you know, like you really like the moms in these pieces are like, like really like backwards thinking and like, they have to rebel like Miss Featherington, Mrs. Featherington. Sorry, but um, no, but the. I'm the, correct. The, 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 the Bridgerton mama, I liked her a lot. I liked her a lot, especially because she called out one of my least favorite characters, which was Anthony. Like she, she was like, she was like, listen, you are fucking up all over the place. And she would like tell him what's what. And I really appreciated that about her that Um,
0: was refreshing because you know when you watch a character like anthony was clearly set up to be kind of like antagonistic in the first episode or two and he was so freaking annoying (laughs) i mean he gets a little he stays that way but he gets a little better those first two episodes i'm just like this guy like and it was just it's refreshing to have this scene where she she calls him out for like what the audience is watching as really obnoxious behavior rather than i feel like a lot of times they have characters like that and then just leave it and I'm just still annoyed. <laughs> so I'm like, at least someone said it. know. Yeah, I know, know. the
1: mom because usually the mom's like, "No, my boy." <laughs> you know, she was like, "She was like, shut up, Anthony." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "No." But um, it's 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 interesting because the the main mains like like Daphne and Simon they were they were fine, but definitely not who I watched the story for.
2: Except the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I mean Duke Simon, body, 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 body. <laughs> I felt
1: their sex scenes weren't it like I don't know. Well, I mean I've watched like European, European, like like so from Spain. I'm just like, okay, One. those are some sex scenes, but no, these were like these were tame in comparison. But um
0: I think what got me was just the amount of sex scenes in episode six. It was between- a lot between them in like different places which i get was the point of that but i'm like wow uh, but carlos i feel like uh i jumped over you a little bit you were gonna come in
2: oh no that that's totally fine uh because i yeah i got distracted by his body <laughs> by talking scenes. about yeah. i was like yeah i could look into sort of the story logic in that episode it's like no no that's not what the focus is and i don't think that's what the uh, <laughs> episode wants you to do with episode six like no that's not what you're here for i uh,
1: forgot the question was who's your favorite character <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> although, although is this like very clear now i'm trying to defend the duke a little um Well, they had that Uh, meme
0: going around that I'm sure everybody has seen that was like, I watched Bridgerton for the plot. And then it's like the plot, the (laughs) the picture of the duke. I'm like, it sounds
2: about right. Yes, that is the plot that I was tuning in for. Um, But I also love Eloise. I love um, she's very much like Joe from Little Women, sort of like not interested in playing by the rules, sticking by the expectations of her time period, of her era. um, It did get a little um, pushy with Penelope. um, And throughout the series, obviously there's going to be some spoilers here, folks. Um, They do have a fight because of that. um, And I feel like their reunion towards the end of the season feels genuine given the way they sort of broke up and what they broke up over. The friendship breakup they were in a couple. um, I did like that. Really am excited for a second season just to explore the lives of the other siblings more. Um, like I feel like um not the younger ones, because I don't the the baby sister and baby brother, it's like, no, 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 but not about them. But Benedict, um, Eloise, sort of not just being detective Eloise. Um, I thought the mom was dope. Um, uh, Lady Whistledown's character who we don't see on screen, um, but It's kind of like a gossip girl type situation where everybody's drama is published in a newsletter that Lady Whistledown sends out. And so we don't see her, but her specter is hanging over the whole show. And I love that. Like she is
0: an icon, iconic. (laughs) And of course, um, as I'm sure anybody listening to this knows by this point, there's like the full book series um, with one book focusing on each Bridgerton and they already announced season two is coming out I'm kind of focusing more on Anthony which they set up um, at the end of the season I'm not
1: looking forward to
0: <laughs> well I so this is what I love and it, draw, it builds on what both of you just said I feel like what really makes this it really shows that it's like a Shonda uh, Shonda's been involved is partly the fact that like there's this ensemble cast you know, so even as I was watching it, you're like, okay, Daphne and the Duke are like the main characters of the season, but I'm interested in so many characters. And that's the type of thing that I feel like can pull me through a number of seasons. And so even if like, Anthony's technically the focus of next season. I feel like we're going to see these other characters and there's so much to be invested in and I'm sure new people will be introduced as well. Um, So I love the relationship between Eloise and Penelope. I thought it was a really fantastic friendship to explore. They had like a a real nice arc with that. Um, I really enjoyed Marina uh, as a character and her arc. I know that um, a lot of people have kind of talked about, Um, her being kind of the only younger woman of color who has a fleshed out role um, Mm -hmm. in the series. And it being like a pretty tragic trajectory. Um, So I do think that's one of the things that's like a little bit problematic about the show um, in terms of their quote unquote colorblind casting, but it's like not quite, it's not actually colorblind casting. It's kind of like color intentional casting. Um, But for me, just like on a character level, I, First of all, that actor, the actor that played her, I felt like knocked it out of the park. Like she had, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed a couple of the scenes, especially where she was with the mother, the uh, Mrs. Featherington character. um, When she basically, like, the scene where Mrs. Featherington takes Marina to, to the hood like she takes her to like the (laughs) poor area where the poor where the london poors live and she's like look at this and she's like marina's like are you freaking kidding me you think you're gonna scare me with this i just i thought she did beautiful acting work in the beginning middle and end of the series but i also thought the storyline was like was was compelling and i thought the way it concluded was interesting um and i'm hoping um spoiler alert for anyone who is not reading articles about the books uh, I'm I haven't read the books, but I've now <laughs> immersed myself in like <laughs> articles about Bridgerton and I'm hoping that they don't do her storyline from the books in the show. And I'm thinking that they won't, um, but we'll see. That'll be something that for me kind of retroactively makes or breaks this first season for her mm-hmm. in the book. She's a really minor character. Um, and I won't say what happens Sarah, in case anybody like wants to go read those books, but I'm hoping they do something different with her storyline and that we see her again. Um, But she may also be someone that's, that's not back after this season. Um, Maybe we'll get some other characters um, that come in instead, but yeah. And I, okay. So Daphne and the Duke, it's always (laughs) like the main characters you're kind of like, they've got like the, the most traditional story. It was maybe not as interesting as some of the side characters, but I enjoyed them. Um, I thought the Duke storyline in the middle was like a little it was like a little hard to watch it's just a lot Um, Mm -hmm. just like oh but I made this promise on my father's deathbed and so I'm gonna like take my life (laughs) it's just it it was drawn out a little bit but the payoff then was really strong for him as a character I thought Um, so I enjoyed that I thought it
1: was it it brought it it felt like it was stretched out too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's yes, like I like, agree. like, all right, we get it. Like, the problem is, like, I can't have children. I can't, I can't. I'm, like, we get it. I think if maybe to make it a little bit less stretched out is, like, he keeps, like, maybe if they introduce the, his backstory later. Because I think they did in episode two. I think if they saved it for, like, maybe four or five. And then, because then you can be, like, like, why won't he have kids? Why? And then you're, like, oh, that's why. Like, then I think it might have been, like, a little bit easier to watch because to find out so early why and then for him to just be on this, like, very um, kind of trauma-filled, like, vendetta. I, I mean, I don't even like to use the word vendetta against his father because, I mean, what that was, we, we saw an incredibly traumatic childhood and the results. And mm-hmm. so it was actually, like, I remember when he finally opened up to Daphne, I was a little bit disappointed at her reaction. Like, I kind of wanted her to be like, "Well, thank you for telling me," but she was like, "She was like, what? This is why because of some bullshit promise you made to." Your dad? I was like, "Whoa, let's have some respect for you know the, this incredible." Uh, I was like, "Listen, you had a some very supportive family network. Like, you have both parents who loved each other, which is huge." Mm-hmm. And this guy literally had the, almost the complete opposite of what you had, and I, I just wish he had a little more empathy for him when he finally opened up. I do oh my think God, it, I don't feel that way t-
0: at all.
1: Well, you're bugging. <laughs> 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 no, because like when he finally opened up, which which took I was like I was like homeboy, you need to tell her immediately. Like why are you taking so long? to exactly. like, Finally, tell her. Like your your story, like if you love her and you're she's you know your wife, just tell her what's going on. You know what I mean? Like and that's why I was like, communication people. <laughs> like so but yeah.
0: I just felt like by the time we get to that scene where she like finds out what the deal is, they he they they've gone through so much and he's like basically like manipulated her by acting like he physically can't have Children, so at that point, it's like, Are you serious? Like, you're gonna bring down both of our lives because of this like promise that you're tied up in. Which I again, I thought it was really compelling, and I just don't think her reaction was like, I didn't think it was particularly harsh given how serious that circumstance was set up to be, right? Because remember, they only got into that marriage because. He like kissed her, which in the in the like error that and the parameters that they're trying to set up in this like semi-alternate reality, but like drawing on some things from reality, that's it. Like she's tainted, they have to get married. Um so basically she's like, you know, you kiss me in the dark, in the dark walk. <laughs> um, do- almost died like dueling my brother. Uh, and then we had to get married. And now you're like, wait, this is because I like deathbed promised not to have kids to my dad. Um, so I get the like, are you kidding me?
1: I mean, we're you actually- talked about him manipulating her, but you left out a very crucial
0: part of Well, her. yeah, because we're, we, we're not talking yeah. about that that yet, but we can
2: <laughs> if we're ready to. I think we kind of have to now. I think we've kind of yeah, put we ourselves we can there. Get in there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh one of the quotes I have written down from uh Daphne um who at the beginning I was like, okay, she's that terrible. Wait, Don't hold on.
0: Her. Let's should, I think we should also like do a trigger warning trigger warning content warning right now. Yes. So, we're going to talk about Well, Carlos, were you about to do it?
2: Um, Yeah, I was going to sort of segue. Go for it. You got it. (laughs) Um, So one of the quotes um, that I have written down is um, from Daphne, who at the beginning of the show, I'm like, okay, she's just a regular woman, like nothing really special um, in terms of sort of her plot, Um, was really into the Duke for plot reasons, (laughs) Um, but as the story progresses, there's something that you may have read about or heard about. So this is where we're going to give you a uh, content warning um, that we are going to be talking about uh, rape and sexual assault briefly. Um, so if you want to skip ahead, um, now would be the time to do that or just be aware that this is where the conversation is going. So Daphne, in an earlier episode, says, you do not trick the one you love. <laughs> And I couldn't, so I binged this all in one night. I was like, I must watch, I must watch, I must keep going. I was texting (laughs) Mela in the group chat at first and then in our one-on-one chat about like what was happening. Daphne says this and then proceeds to rape him premeditatively. Like she planned to do this after putting pieces together that this is how sex works, and if you want to make a baby you need to have your partner's ejaculation. Can we say that on the air? Um, Sure. Inside of you. Um, Because her parents, her mother, because we um, don't see her father, he's already passed, doesn't teach them um, about sex in any way. It's part of the culture where young ladies and young women just don't talk about or engage in any conversation about sex. Um, so she has no clue what to expect when she finally hooks up with the Duke. In, I'm not sure how, so he finishes outside of her every time they have sex. And she's telling a friend like, oh, he said he couldn't have kids and I, I don't see any deformity. I don't see anything wrong. So I guess it wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, and then you find out through one of her friends, one of her, I think it's her handmaid that goes with her, um, to the yeah. castle. Yeah. Um, who explains how it's the seed that helps one to make a baby. Um, so in their Congress, um, she climbs on top, which the Duke did not <laughs> expect and seems to be into. And then she keeps going and going after he's like, wait, wait, and does not want to finish inside of her. And, uh, she makes him um which some people have looked at as being very murky at best um i'm gonna come down firmly and be like this was premeditated right yeah agreed you know and and it
1: was very much like you know she was furious when she found out right because you know he he from the beginning before they got married he said i can't have children and you know that's when she talks about there's a very big difference between can't and won't Mm -hmm. you made me think it was physically impossible for you not that it's something that you didn't want and and like there's a whole thing about that right um so when she finds out that that's why he keeps like finishing out you know outside of her and then she finds out like oh that's what he's doing then she's like and he's weird because like after they you know they finish well he finishes she like gets up and 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 he's like what did you do and he, she was like what did you do and it becomes a really really intense moment and I remember like I was like because I had heard that there was a rape scene in this and when I saw it it like took me a second I was like wait a minute was that it and then I was like yeah he's he's clearly not wanting to finish inside of her you know, and she forces him to, and, and, you know, spoiler alert people, you can't be in the middle of sex. And if they, if they want to stop, you have to stop. If not, it's rape. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. So my, my take on this is, um, I mean, first of all, I think it's like clearly rape, um, especially again with like kind of our lens, uh, put on it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing though that bothers me about the conversation that not i mean i haven't read every single thing that's been written on this i've just looked at it a little bit um but i do think also think um the show establishes this context to th- two major things they establish one is that they establish this context where it's like race is, is, doesn't have like the role that it had in reality. Okay. Right? So we're in an alternate universe where like there's people of color in the aristocracy. Um, but they, estab- they do establish that like gender relations are basically like similar to what they were, maybe a little bit different, but generally it's, it's like you get t- like you, you kiss, like you're tainted, you better get married. All of your agency in life comes from your ability to, like pull a husband basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, amongst this like tiny social strata. So that's established. And then like Daphne and the other, the other young ladies are also established as like literally not knowing how sex works um, and like how a baby's made. Right. So those things are established in the first episode or two of the series. Um, so one thing that has like not bothered me, but like has stayed with me about this conversation about this scene is that first of all, like he for weeks. For like their for week after week, like all of these times that we're watching them have sex, like he's he's manipulating her by knowing that he knows how a baby he knows how how a baby gets made from sex. He knows that he probably can have children, but doesn't want to, and that like by by pulling out and not ejaculating in her, he's preventing that, and he takes that away that information away from her intentionally because he knows that she doesn't know and so that's sustained for like all of the first I don't know how long the time period's supposed to be a couple weeks maybe that they're having all that sex everywhere um and to me like in that sense he's also taking away her like informed consent about what they're doing knowingly that whole time you know what I mean like he like he knows the whole time that she doesn't know and he takes advantage of it um and so that it bothers me a little bit that there's been just like tons of think pieces about the rape scene and again like it is and it's important like because especially because um we don't always see like men get the same kind of um I, i guess like uh ability to to name something as rape necessarily especially kind of Midcoitus, Um, mm-hmm. but it bothers me that there's so much, there's so much focus on that. And to me, like he's actively consistently kind of taken away her full sense of, of, of informed consent in a context that they've laid out in which women effectively don't even have really the right to consent or not consent, um, to sex within the confines of a marriage. Um, so, I think that that's important because rape and sexual assault, like many other, like, you know, a lot of the other stuff that we address also has to do with power and the way that this show is set up, like he's a man of color. So, you know, that would, that would hold a very different weight if we were in, if we're in the real world, but the way the the context of the show is set up to they sort of address it. We'll get to that in a minute, but basically to set up is like, he has all the power, right? He's a wealthy Duke with this house that like, you know, has, has tainted her or whatever they're married. And, um, this is it for her. Like she's in the marriage and, and that's that. So I think, um, I think that, that power question is also important. And that's not to say like it wasn't rape and it wasn't wrong. Um, but I, I still think um, there's been a lot of attention on it. And once again, even in this like woke, woke discourse conversation, less on the fact that like, she's basically like in a contract that dictates her entire life. And again, like effectively doesn't have consent. And on top of that, he, he played her for like weeks um, so I think that's a part of the conversation that's important too.
1: Uh, I mean, Simon's definitely in the doghouse as well, because of, like, everything that you said, like, and, you know, it's withholding information, using his power. Like that's all like, yeah, like that's, to me, that is a form of sexual assault as well. You know what I mean? Like not informing your partner of something. Um, so
0: and I'm glad, I mean, so we, I think, did we mention this? But I know in the book, or were, were we recording already, or were we just talking about this? In the book, they make it that he's, like, passed out drunk.
1: and Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. she,
0: like, realizes she could do whatever with him.
1: What? That's
0: so much did. It's like so <laughs> yeah, much yeah. work. That's what I read. I haven't read they the said,
1: book. They yet. said that in the book, it's, like, way more... The way that they, the article that I read, I, I think it was really weird how they discussed it. They were saying that in the book, it's way more clearly a rape. Whereas in the show, it left a lot of people questioning whether or not it was rape, but...
0: Um, right, because it was also quick. It was quick in the show, like... um, yeah. And so there's that ambiguity of, like, was that intended to be, like, she forced him or she tricked him or was it like he got overwhelmed with passion um which i think is pretty dangerous territory for something that Uh. might as well be clearly framed as rape you know but i i do feel like the big takeaway for a lot of people has been like it was rape um but it also i mean it it also seems like a some i mean talking about what's realistic doesn't really make sense in like a fantasy series but it seems yeah. like a somewhat like realistic or logical move i mean in theory she could have been like yo i i i figured out what is happening here um and that would have been much better
1: communication <laughs> the, yes. yeah, the word of the day is communication
0: yeah um but, but he
1: definitely also should have communicated what he meant when he said he can't have children. Like that was fucked up on, on his part on many levels. And I think it was, it would have been helpful if he explained to her, not at the very, like what, last episode what happened with his father. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to talk about Simon's childhood now?
0: Well, I just wonder if Carlos had anything else he
2: wanted to add to this. Yeah, um, I was just going to... Because he looked like... (laughs) No, because I mean, this is a lot. Like, this could be an episode in and of itself talking about sort of the intricacies of their relationship. Um, I did have in my notes that um, he definitely uh, took advantage of her as well, um, of her naivete and her lack of knowledge. Um, But like Omar said at the beginning, communication. Like, so babe, when I said can't, like, I mean, I am promise-bound, duty-bound to not give my father an heir because he was a piece of shit. Um, And that's why when we have sex, I will finish outside of you. Um, And then she could have been like, so I know how sex works now. Um, What is this? What what, what has been happening? (laughs) Which could have, like, it's not. And so when we get into the conversation about historical realism, like, there are so many parts of this that are not realistic <laughs> and we'll get into that and talk about that more um I just think that it definitely isn't as worse as it could have been um, but I definitely think this whole series of events in the Duke um and Daphne storyline really taints like the middle to latter part of the show um that could have really been done very differently planted stuff better paid it off better um, Plus, I think it not
1: to I'm not trying to make it dramatic but I don't know it, it, it sends a kind of a problematic message out, I think because in a sense they're both have assaulted each other in in different ways mm-hmm. but it's still portrayed as like a very loving relationship which bothers me to an extent and and maybe you know i mean granted i understand that it's a tv drama but i I also think it is important to not like like it doesn't feel like love what we're watching you know it feels like an infatuation maybe Mm -hmm. it feels like almost like a trauma bond i don't know but i i and I understand, like, at the end, like, they're able to communicate. But I think it is important that love doesn't look like, 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 there's no rape in love. You know, there's no lying in love. There's no, like, um, just withholding information. I don't know. Like, like it, it bothered me that, in a sense, they were still portrayed as, like this, like, the most, like, loving couple. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it's like what Mela said earlier. It's a contract. She has no choice but to marry a man. So better her to marry one that she is infatuated with, might be in love with, at least in their conception of it, before they get together. Um, Having different goals, different end games. He doesn't want kids, she does. Like, that's a big sticking point for them because part of her um, sort of understanding of her duty is to... uh, reproduce children and there's sort of a, a, ca- a cultural cachet to having kids, especially if you can find someone to love you because you don't have an option. Like the mother, uh, Lady uh, Bridgerton, is stuck taking orders from her son because she can't have any autonomy to herself. Lady yeah. Featherington is fucked over by her gambler of a husband multiple times in the series because she can't have money herself and be in charge of things. She has to deal with him.
0: And remember that if in the scenario where Daphne doesn't have children, if something were to happen to the Duke, she'd be screwed, right? Like that house would go to a male relative.
2: Mm. Like
0: you even see the, I think it's the, even the queen at some point they're like, oh, there's our, they go to one of the balls and they're like, oh, there's our host. Do we have to go to sleep if he does? Cause it's like a two-year-old boy because like the property and the titles go to the male heir. And part of the purpose of having children was to, like, make sure you pop out a boy. So that, again, that power relationship is really important. Um, I was going to say something else about this. Oh, I was going to add to that. I do feel like, I, I don't know, like, uh, even though that question of like, Oh, well that's, it's, that's not love. You know, I agree. Um but I also think like we watch them, we watch them struggle. Like a lot of the show is like them in conflict with each other, and I do feel like they're supposed to be very young characters navigating like a very strict social set of social laws and rules. Um, so I don't think it's like outrageous to watch them, to see them do like some fucked up shit, basically, um, you know, to each other. And I, I don't think for me that that makes it like, oh, well, so like they're tanked as a relationship. Um, you know, I, I think especially if I would like to see if season two picks up with them still working through their issues as opposed to like, uh-huh. you know, per like a dainty and happy, everything's wonderful. Um, because that to me would be a little bit more powerful as well. Um, just to see like that they did some traumatizing stuff to each other as they were each working, I mean, he was working through his like childhood trauma um, and she was working through the stress of the marriage market <laughs> and surviving that.
1: He wasn't working through his childhood trauma though. I
0: like, mean, I, I, go ahead. go ahead. No, I just,
1: I, I think it was, he wasn't like it. it came at the final end when he finally was able to like acknowledge it. But I wouldn't say that this whole time he was working through it. I think this whole time he had like, Made his decision, and he was being very sort of—I don't want to say stuck, but he, he that—that's where he stayed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, Tim, like I wouldn't say that was working through anything. I think it—it was—it was him literally just not moving forward with it until he
2: finally opened up. I think that's when it started.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree.
2: Yeah, I think the way the series ends on their story arc is that there is a moment of reconciliation that needs to be followed up with healing work for both of them with their stuff and their issues. But then also working together, which I think would make a better statement about loving relationships and what they're supposed to be if they follow it up with something better in the second season, rather than just leaving it with like, oh, we're happy now at our ball. The season's over. Yay. Everything's back yeah. to normal. Does it send the same vibes?
1: Yeah. And that's why I wish they didn't have the baby at the end of the season. Like I felt like they needed to be like, I would have liked to have seen like some more of that healing work that Carlos discussed before they have it. Cause then you don't want to get to be like, yay, this baby is going to fix. It. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying like, you know, there they they were clearly nine months between, you know, that and the baby being born and who knows what they did. I just, I, I feel like there is a lot of work that needs to be done. Like what he went through, Simon, was so incredibly traumatic that I kind of don't think that ball and then them like dancing in the rain was like, well, now I'm fixed. You know what I mean? Like I just don't think it was the most. I'm granted I understand it's a fantasy show. I understand people watch it to escape, but I also, I I don't think it, it was a very accurate portrayal of what healing looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's I think daddy issues. <laughs> <but> let's. <laughs> I hated it as well. I could, I was, because I watched it, you know, after um, these two, and I kept texting them in the group chat, like, he's a dick, I can't stand him. Um, I have a problem that the character with the deepest complexion happens to be this guy who is easily the most evil character on this show. More so than even, what was his name, Needlebrook? Who? The one who, like... Was promised to Daphne in the beginning?
0: Oh, uh, Nigel. I'm looking him up.
1: <laughs> I'm just calling
0: him Nigel Needle
1: Dick. Anyway, so he's like worse it than him. He was like Bear him, Brook you know? or something? Yeah, I'm he just was like, worse than him. Yeah, and you know, so that that was one thing about the color of issue that I, I had an issue with. I was like, really? <laughs> the, this guy is, is just this. It actually brings me to my favorite quote Was when Spider-Man was like Speak you fucking monster I was (laughs) like oh shit Um, So you understand why he made that promise He wanted to devastate the man Who just consistently traumatized And abused him emotionally his whole life You know what I mean Which is why I guess I wish Daphne had a little more empathy for the guy to just be like he was like he went through hell growing up and all the power that he felt that he could have was to refuse to give his father an heir because that's all he wanted was an heir you know what i mean so that that was him in a sense claiming some kind of a power um and i feel like you know to be able to let that go um takes time it's not like going to be like this one like instance of like wow my wife looks great in the rain like <laughs> let's have babies
0: <laughs> yeah um, but so. i think i mean if we're gonna apply like our current lens to this we might as well also say then this is actually omar you said this before but like he didn't simon didn't really like do any work on that to it was yeah. just like daphne fix it <laughs> Or Lady Denver, fix it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think, again, that's kind of like, oh, you got to, like, <laughs> get yourself some some therapy. <laughs> get yourself some, like, self-care or some community care. Um, but I agree. I think there's more to do. And then we also, like, we don't see a year or so.
2: Yeah, exactly. Between
0: the end and them having a baby. So, um, I wonder if we'll see any of that maybe in flashbacks or maybe not. Um, But I agree Omar um, with your point about the father, Simon's father being the kind of like more, most dark skinned um, like named character um, on the show and being like, he was such a jerk. Like he was really shitty. Um, And the one thing that bothered me about it was it was almost like a caricature, like why he was such a, uh, uh, yeah. like an asshole. Like it's just like okay, in the beginning, this is not acceptable. But it's like when the kid, when Simon's really young and he can't talk, then the father's like really mad. But then there's that scene where Simon's like a little older. Um, and goes to visit his father. And he's like, I make good marks and I'm very good at fencing and riding or whatever. And then he like stutters a little bit at the end and the father's like, you're my biggest failure. And I'm just like, what? Like, it's. I mean, it's totally unacceptable but it was also like, this guy wanted an heir so badly. The kid's there, (laughs) what? How does this make sense, you know? so you had to suspend disbelief as well um so i think like the darkest skin character not only being a villain but being one that like wasn't just not as well fleshed out um i think it was was a problem
1: yeah yeah like it was like you don't get anything from him but pure evil (laughs) like from the guy you know what i mean It, it was it, it was so crazy to to watch, and and
0: I was pretty sure we were going to find out that that was not his biological. That's what I thought. Father. Yeah, I think we might still because of that scene with the um with the main um the main that like maid being like yeah the main maid being like yeah. oh you need strong seed and then people are like what he did to her mother I mean to to, to Simon's mother and I feel like we might still find out that that wasn't his that's what I girl. thought was in the
1: letters when she when Daphne found all those letters I was like I was like oh, is that from like Simon's real
2: dad yeah, and then a
0: couple like, times I thought we were gonna find out that like yeah. he was so mean to him because he wasn't like really his which is like a cliche but I was like I don't know they w- might still come back but um, yeah. yeah I do I just, appreciate that they fleshed out Simon's background and they gave us a few glimpses not just one into his past mm-hmm. um, that was really that gave him something because otherwise it, the middle when he was being like moody and was I was like I'm going to need you to stop <laughs> <laughs> and you get no. it you get it so it works you know
1: No, it was it, them the two of them it was exhausting I, I think it was stretched out too much I get why, but I, I was like, come on.
2: <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. I really, I love Lady Danbury, how she comes in because she seems to be the mom, the late mom's only friend um, to be there and support her. Cause no one's in the room with her, um, which sort of, flips at the end where um, when Daphne does have the baby, there's lots of people in the room. She has her support network there with her, um, which sucks. Like you've been trying to get pregnant for how many years and you finally do, and you can't have anyone in the room with you. And your husband takes the baby immediately into the hallway. And it's like, it's a boy, like Mufasa style, just about. It's like, no, no. Um, so I do wonder if we get to see any of that journey, how much of having Lady Danbury sort of helped because she does seem to be a very sort of maternal figure with him. Obviously that doesn't undo any of the stuff the father does, but it's also interesting that that's her story arc and she's probably the darkest woman on the show um, that she ends up raising uh, someone else's kid, um, doesn't seem to be married or seem to have her own sort of journey other than, Simon, I'm having a party and you must come. (laughs) I, uh, regret to send my, uh, they say it's cute. He's like, Oh, I, um, I'm not going to be able to attend. She's like, I reject that. You're going to come. And he's like, I I can, I can pop by for a little while. I'm like, yes. Um, but that's all she really gets to do is sort of be a, a sort of puppeteer with lady Bridgerton in the background. Um, which when we talk more about race issues, I think is something we'll talk about with her as well.
0: Uh, and she, she does also have those, like, married ladies, soirees, which I really enjoyed. I yes, <laughs> just I to, forgot like, about that. That was popping. Yes,
2: which I think, I don't know how realistic that was to history, but that's fucking dope. Like, you have a shitty life. You're not probably. necessarily in a relationship you want to be in. Let's go party. Let's gamble. Let's it's treat.
0: just a, such an interesting dichotomy, too, of, like, the idea of, like, maintaining this, like, absolute, like, supposed purity Pre, pre-marriage and then like once you're married you know it's just like okay you can like do all the things Bust like, Diana. while still like keeping your honor um but, but so i think
1: the, the economy between like the two types of women also because basically you have like i can't i don't know like you have like the women who's like will not even kiss like will you know have nothing no knowledge about it and then you have the woman who's going to like this artist's like parties Who's like sleeping around i'm like damn they're a real. but it, it's interesting how it's, it's like like there's two kinds of women <laughs> you're either like this one or that one and uh, not and, everyone's and a lady I, yeah right but um yeah that, i forgot my point anyway <laughs> so,
0: so let's talk about race then a little bit because I feel like we've talked around it a few times and we might yeah. as well like dive in a little bit. I mean the
1: pros and cons. <laughs> <laughs> going well, I mean, not even about race. Well, here's the thing. Are we gonna talk race or are we gonna talk colorism?
0: Let's talk right. both.
1: All right. Um my thing when in the very first episode, it just felt like, okay, so this ton, which is <laughs> first time I ever heard that word. I was like, this son just really likes them some light skins because everyone's going for Simon. Everyone's going for um, Marissa. Marissa? Marina. Marina. Everyone's going for Marina. And I'm just like, come on. Like, the, the sexualized, like, light skin folk. And then the two uh, people of the darkest complexion, one is, like, this horrible man. And this other woman is a widow. So, in a sense, she's desexualized. You know what I mean? And, and um... I was just like, come on, like well, you know, you know, and and we see like a couple of people with with dark skin in the background. I, there was this one guy with like half blonde locks that I kept seeing in the background. I'm like, what's his story? I,
0: <laughs> I know he did see I him a couple <laughs> times. <I'm> like, so,
1: <laughs> but um, but I, it
0: was just like,
1: could it not have been cast as as. Like either Simon or Marina, if they were cast as someone with like a much deeper complexion, I think it would have had like a quite of a powerful. Thing. And I understand, like you know, it was like you know, like, no, we just wanted you know the best actor, whatever. But it Allegedly. does say something when it like all the main ones, especially the sexualized main ones, are light skin.
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, the first like episode or two, I actually thought it was intentional, like built into the fabric of the show in the sense that I thought they were doing like a, I thought they were setting it up to be like, there's some people of color, but it's like primarily lighter skinned people, or it's people who have like, have one white parent or something, you know? So I was like, okay, so that's like what they're doing. And then you see as the show unfolds that like, that's not really supposed to be what they're, what they're constructing as like the way that race works in in world in this kind of like alternate universe. So I do think I agree. um, Shoot. I was going to say something I do. So I, I did like, I love the actors for both the Duke and Marina. I will say that. Um, But I also think it, it, they had like a very clear kind of colorism um, issue and their casting of people of color of of black actors in particular. Um, I, not to jump here. Well, I I think they're going... To, my guess is that they're going to try to rectify it in the next season because there's been, like, significant critique about it. Um, but it definitely... I think what, Omar, I agree with what you said about, like, in particular, kind of younger people who are kind of seen as sexually viable um, and the Black characters both being... who fall into that category both being lighter-skinned is definitely, like... Um, you know, it sends a powerful subliminal message as a viewer um
1: which well, I was surprised because it's like a Shondaland show um yeah so I don't know I, I it was it was a little disappointing for me um granted yes I think the, the diversity of this show is important but yeah, I mean, I mean, this is it's not. I don't know if it's necessarily like as groundbreaking as some people make it out to be. Because it's still very, you know, kind of like, oh, the light skins are desirable. The dark skins are like desexualized or evil. Like, it, it, I almost wonder if that's like more damaging that way.
0: I almost feel like it's almost like Bonilla Silva, like tri-racial to biracial. It's like the right. the shifting of kind of a racial narrative that um, like opens up to include some lighter skin aristocratic upper class people of color, um, but not darker skin people and not, you know, obviously people with, with less means. Um, and I do think that's a big part of the conversation as well. Um, which I don't even, I actually don't want to interrupt this conversation to talk about like the, the fact that like we always only jump into this like aristocratic fantasy that was not the reality for like the vast majority of people, yeah. whether, whether in real history or in <laughs> fantasy history.
1: So in this fantasy history, because I was wondering, I was like, are we going to explain why it's just like, like diversity up in this medieval England, not medieval. I don't know what time period we're in, but, but um, Region and then era. they give a very brief okay. kind of explanation of it, which I was kind of like, i guess <laughs> like like, it's like okay like the king married one of us which made it okay for others it like it like allowed us to which i was kind of like come on i mean it was it was cool and 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 carmilla made me research queen Catherine's history where apparently she like there was some rumor that she might have been like um Like I think it was called, like, a light-skinned mulatto or something like that, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But, yeah, the fact that the king marries a woman of color, so now we have a woman of color queen. So now everyone just like, well, I guess (laughs) black people are cool. (laughs) So it was was clearly unrealistic, but Mm -hmm. I understand that they needed some sort of an explanation, or they felt like they needed to give some sort of an explanation as to why, like, this looks like a sort of a, a school or like a university di- diversity poster or something like that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I prefer that they gave an explanation than if For they were sure. just like.
1: Yeah. But I along. think it should have been like, I almost wonder if it should have been like, cause that marriage was not that. So basically this integration is very recent and we don't see anybody have any And you're telling me like the queen and king got married like only a few decades ago and there's no holdovers of like like even that like ancient man that's like willing to marry marina like, you're, you're telling me that like because the king married like a woman of color he's like yeah i could do a light-skinned pregnant, why not you know what i mean like yeah. there's like no racist holdovers i don't know right
0: I mean, yeah, then the Duke's father like quickly alludes to like, we were given this title and we can lose it if we like, it's only for our line and we can lose it right, o- just as easily.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, sorry, Carlos, you were. Go
2: ahead. Dana, yeah, no, I was gonna say that when Lady Danbury brings it up in episode four, it explains, but it's a very superficial. Like we were two separate societies. What kind of separation? Was it like similar to the seeing black people as subhuman? Because love isn't going to change that. Like, yeah, the king and queen got married, and that's great. And the people in their inner circle are like, oh, well, we want to keep our our royal, semi-royal status, so we're going to play along. But, like, in real life, Meghan Markle and Harry, Prince Harry, like, pretty much left England and abdicated their royal status because of the racism that Meghan Markle, who is a light-skinned woman who is not, like, um, super dark-skinned had like it's just very unrealistic given what we know about history so it's like i would have liked a little bit more but i get that that's not the sort of purpose but yeah. it's like
0: i also think though i will say i i'm not sure like what i would what i would want exactly um, but yeah. because what i'll say is also that i know that one of I believe that one of their goals and one thing that I've seen some people writing about as something that they did appreciate about it was also like not to drag um, like a significant trauma, trauma storyline into this story um, that people are trying to enjoy as fantasy. So in particular, like black viewers or people of color who are watching it um, to be able to just like, also step into the fantasy of it without necessarily having like a really full like you know trauma based storyline or something that that grounds it Um, so I think there's some benefits to that uh, to, like, not kind of being, like, and, you know, meanwhile, you know, the, this is like, so, you know, the real, you know, real history is, is, is like, nothing but trauma. <laughs> um, so, I think that there's, there's some pros to that. Um, but it's dicey. And I do think, ultimately, like, if I had to do a takeaway, again, like, I drew this parallel already back to, like, Hamilton in the beginning of class. Ultimately, I think it's this kind of, like, neoliberal kind of. Um, mobilization of quote unquote diversity Uh to be like, uh look, we're still going to tell this story about like aristocratic London in the 1800s. And this is still going to be a fantasy and it's still going to be what everybody wants. And we're going to throw some people of color in there to make it more palatable to like a modern kind of moderate or liberal even audience um, without fundamentally undermining power relationships or resource distribution. I think that's the story of our time in a lot of ways. It's just like, okay, great. Like, again, it gets at that like limits of representation. Um, we're going to make people comfortable or like not criticize us maybe for making the show. Um, and not that there's not like good intentional people working on this, because mm-hmm. I'm sure there are, but ultimately it's like, you know, we're still telling the same story and th- aristocracy of this time period (laughs) I literally looked up like how many families was this in London during this time period um because it's a couple of hundred families out of you know hundreds of thousands of people um Uh and so this is it's a this it's a fantasy that like we we part it's partly propaganda right that we like all watch these like aristocratic period pieces that are always focused on wealthy people and like how they're going to navigate the marriage market. And And we, I'm not even like, you know, like I said, as an individual, like I enjoyed it, you know, like I dive into it. Same relationship with Hamilton, like love, hate relationship, like great music, really problematic people. And throwing people of color into the story doesn't fundamentally undermine that. But I think that, yeah. I mean, keeping in mind that like this is a, this story is not like, It's not like this is the real life and roots of like most European or white people. And like, this is just like, this is white history. (laughs) You know, like this shit is not realistic for most people, Um, but we still um, deify it. Right. We're still (laughs) like, this was the dream, (laughs) like going to balls and, and shit. Um, So I think there's that, you know. Um,
1: And I'll, I'll give props where I get, like, listen, like, so much where it's like, oh, we can't, because it's not going to succeed in Hollywood. Like, this is the most successful show of Netflix ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is filled with people of color. So I, 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 I mean, that that's huge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I mean, much of like sorry, Hollywood.
0: Hollywood is having just, like, quantifiable... And significant changes in representation.
1: Yeah, um, because, like, one of the things, like, you know, whenever they do, like, maybe of like, all right, everyone has the European accent. Like, you know, um, like, oh, we can't hire like these because then it's not going to do well. Like, this has proven otherwise, which I think is a huge accomplishment, which I do think is very important. Um, so I'll give them props there. But... Um,
0: I don't think that many big Hollywood properties can do well without like addressing diversity in one way or another at this point. Like um, I think people audiences like want more representation for people of color and want more queer representation and want like more diverse women characters. And especially if you look at like younger people as the demographic, like that's the, that 25 to 30 or that 18 to 30 or whatever, like, that's the, the demographic that studios are going for. Um, so I do think there's been like a significant shift, not enough still. Mm-hmm. And, and also definitely not enough behind the camera mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and in creative roles. Um, yeah, and then sorry. yeah, the colorism issue is, is I think really even coming to the forefront, even more um, as Hollywood's like, well, okay, so we'll cast some, some lighter skinned people of color. Um, I, one thing I'll say before, sorry, I passed the mic to Carlos, is that also um, I did appreciate that there was also some South Asian and Asian kind of representation yeah, somewhat. Um, we'll see in terms of like more media speaking roles. Um, but that's something that I feel like sometimes Hollywood shows skip over because like um you know they'll cast <laughs> white people black and black people, people you know and it's just like there's yeah. no people in, yeah. in the middle so i think um I, you know we'll see we'll see how that goes it wasn't it was, perfect was the so.
1: artist's wife south asian or my the artist guy his
0: wife she was a woman of color i don't know exactly
2: i wasn't um, sure like i was like, looking i was like wait a minute so <laughs> yeah she was somewhat ambiguous which i think works for um Mela, your point that like yeah we need to sort of have more of this um but yeah i think we because these things are becoming viable because queer stories because stories of people of color especially black people are financially viable we need more of them we need more of them written by people of color we need more uh skin tone variation body type variation like these things can sell these things can do well um But I think they need to be done well. Um, Like when uh, Mella brought up Hamilton and this, um, like this doesn't intend to be historically accurate. This doesn't intend to be like, this is the history of Regency in London. No, it's a fantasy. It's an alternative reality. It's an alternative telling, which I think is dope and can get into. But if we're gonna go fantasy with something like race, can we go a little bit further and not just have a bunch of light skinned folks uh, running around London being aristocrats? Can we have a more perhaps uh, powerful um, middle class or lower class trying to alter some of this? Like, if there's only a couple hundred families that are at the top of this society, when Uh, lady featherington takes marina who acted her ass off ruby baker like acted her ass off like why is there not more interaction with the locals there like even if it's some like cliche superficial thing like something to sort of expand out the universe which again not what the show's about with will and his his family
0: well okay i was just gonna say that that like will who we haven't even talked about but yeah. i'm glad they gave at least gave him a family and that he wasn't yeah. just in those boxing scenes mm-hmm. um but they had a whole little fleshed out family i'm like okay i see you i hope they i, I think they're deeply i feel like they've still got story because he was oh yeah. i, of
1: I wanted i was like listen any minor characters you want uh, expanded on mine was
0: will and his family for sure yeah, i so love there him. was will and his family there's also the dressmaker yes who was not really French? That was awesome. I love that Sienna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was fun. Sienna, Ooh. the opera singer. So I will. I enjoyed that because those those are characters. They're not like um, they're not like peasant characters. They're like that middle kind of like shopkeepers, yeah. artisans, tradespeople. tradespeople. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about that, and then everything with the artist, I mean, the artist was was er, aristocratic, but, you know, his whole setup with some of the other people and they have that one quick scene like, oh, yeah, they'll never like take the concerns of ordinary people seriously. It was like side chatter. Um, I think that's a really interesting world to explore that we don't get a lot of like shopkeeper kind of yeah. level um, of that uh-huh. time period. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, a, there were some fleshed out characters that I think have more story there. It's not the same as having stories about like literally working class people. Um, but I think trying to shoe that shoehorn that into this yeah. particular are, story like, wouldn't work. Put
1: in kind of into that world. I thought I really wanted to explore more of like Will and, and the dressmaker. Not yeah, kind of the I think artists. we
0: will. I think there we are have But I think, you know, the moral of the story is still there's that there's other stories to tell Um, that it doesn't always have to be. I mean, we all have a good time with the like the escapism, (laughs) but it doesn't always have to be the story about the aristocracy. Um, and how much you want to be that you're like, look at these houses and the balls. And they're like, thank you. Next. <laughs> oh, um, real
1: quick. About, I love that they took. Like, I love it too. The, like contemporary music and made it like violin, like ball mm-hmm. music. I mean, that is dope. <laughs> I found this soundtrack on Spotify. <laughs> yes. I was like listening to it while I was doing work. So yeah, big fan. Yeah, no, It's, it's
2: really enjoyable. nice. and adds to the the fantasy element sort of making it contemporary but also in the past um, I did like when Eloise is trying to figure out who Lady Whistledown is she thinks it's a servant because servants are like in the houses and know what the gossip is and no one this will pay attention to, to them but then the lady's like <laughs> You think a servant? You think a servant has time? A servant has time to like <laughs> right? write all oh, of this gossip down. Tell your shit, man. <laughs> like <laughs>
0: that was funny.
1: That was hilarious. She's like, "I wiped your ass." Like, <laughs> I don't have
2: time to do any this other stuff.
1: And Eloise was like, "Damn, I feel kind of stupid." And I was like,
2: yeah, which is one of the few moments where someone from the lower and even being a servant in an aristocratic household isn't, like, the lowest of the low, but, like, no, it's not. to be dragged no, exactly. like that, it's, like, yeah, you deserve that. And maybe not Louis, Eloise in particular, but, like, the aristocrats need to be dragged like that. Like, y'all don't understand what this life is like.
1: Let's talk about Eloise and Wizzledown, then, because...
2: Yes, uh, let's do it. Whew, also,
1: number one when the queen finds out that Eloise is doing her search, first of all, I couldn't stand the queen. She got on my nerves so much. She always had that real stank face, like, like always like just in a nasty mood, like really. And I remember being like, come on, man, you have like a black queen and she's like this like impatient, childish, like stubborn character. It drove me crazy. You know what I mean? And, um, Sorry, has gone a real ramp. <laughs> I didn't
0: feel that way about her at all. I felt again. Like, she was. Are you kidding me? I felt like she played it with this like sweetness under the whole time,
2: sweetness and then when you weird. see her
0: with the husband, you're like, oh, she loved her husband, and he's like. You know he's got whatever like amnesia or whatever he has, the fuck? Where, and then what she like w- then? when they came to see her for because they loved each other so much. She was like, "Wow, well, then like you're very wise to see friendship as like the basis of love." I see what you're saying though, like now that you, that you said I mean, it, but it, it just not was not like my first like, man. Your husband dead?
1: No. Oh, then go away. I was just like.
0: No, but dude, she's, she's worried about it. She's She's trying to put this. a tough exterior on her heart. I think what that's what's the part part of
2: that? what She's got to put the Daphne, front on because she's the queen.
1: She can't you know, be like Daphne, smiling at everybody. When Daphne like doesn't marry her nephew, she goes on this like, ranch she's like i have to be right fine you're not gonna get a marriage license fine man. like there is so much oh and then when eloise you're taking too long girl your queen commands it fine we find someone else get out of my face like sweetness <laughs> bullshit what kind of
2: sweetness <laughs> is that so i definitely get the petty because homegirl is spilling tea that's causing drama in her court like lady whistledown is a shit starter and i live for it it's Gossip Girl meets Pride and Prejudice, and I live.
0: <laughs> Pretty? Yeah. Um, so what – are there any, like, super big things? We didn't – we haven't talked about um, –
1: Let's talk about sexuality,
0: Yeah, the second yes, brother. <laughs> what is it? Oh, Benedict.
1: Yeah. So- oh, by the way, I just – Realize at the very end when when they were like, oh, I guess we have to give when we have to give them an A name to follow tradition. I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, <gasps> me
0: too. Anthony,
1: I totally Benedict, missed it. Colin, <laughs> Daphne, eloise Francesca,
2: George. Rock cute, cute. Yeah, I don't remember the youngest siblings' names. They don't matter. But I loved some of the stuff that they did with sexuality. I'm like, if we can do race differently why can't we do sexuality differently in this fantasy setup um initially I totally texted Mel I was like yo Benedict gay like <laughs> I think that was the entirety of the
0: day. Like, definitely we were I was watching with my fiance and my mom and my sister-in-law and we were like
2: gay <laughs> like, and we'll see yeah because you have him and Eloise on the swing set she's smoking <laughs> he catches her they smoke together and he's like well, you're not the only one who doesn't want to like follow expectations or whatever. And I was like, yay. Um, and then he hangs out with the artist cause he wants to be an artist. And I'm like, okay, there's vibes. The artist and him are going to be a thing. I was half right. <laughs> the artist does have a thing um he is married to a woman and they both do their own thing because she's saved from spinsterhood and poverty by being married to someone and they both like (laughs) live their lives and do what they want to (laughs) do so y'all can't see (laughs) but they're they're laughing we're having
1: because we do a video conference called carmela just put on (laughs) her phone while carlos is like having (laughs) Conversation with the, like apparently himself, but <laughs> she's just like on the phone, like messing with her hair and giving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carlos. <laughs> no, no, it's fine.
2: Um, like, so they have this open relationship, which you wouldn't really expect. He's like, "I'm in love with another lord, and we can never be together." Um, which immediately drives Benedict into the arms of um, Madame Delacroix. Like, (laughs) it's like, oh, you can do whatever you want? Okay, I'm going to go find a woman (laughs) to be with. Um, Which he's allowed to do what he wants. His sexuality wasn't set in stone. It's not like they overturned anything or flipped any plot scripts. But I was like, one of the siblings got to be gay. Like, at least one. (laughs) There's (laughs) eight. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think with him, I I feel that... um, he's another one that like his future story is going to retroactively for me, like make or break his role in this first season. I do feel like they set him up. Like it's a little bit queer baiting. They kind of set him up as like, he seemed like he was maybe going to be a queer character
2: mm-hmm. um, and hook up and, with the artist at the party and
0: hook up with the artist or like realize that there's possibilities or something because he kept having a few different scenes where he was like, you know, like he was just like <laughs> talking shit in the corner with Eloise. That was fun. Or saying things like he didn't want to be part of I love their, relationship, like said. their relationship was fun. Um, so I feel like if they don't pay that off, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Not great. Um, but I'm not sure. I think I I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to do with the character. Um, I do enjoy the world that we got to go into through the artist studio. Um, that is All these
1: period pieces with artists. They're always having orgies. Like, oh, like every (laughs) period piece that has an artist. But I come to my house to paint and like, just kidding. We're
0: (laughs) We're having sex on the stairs. I mean,
1: we're everywhere. Bodies. (laughs) Painting my ass, painting my dick. Anyway, so. No, that's always like the art. Every every artist in like an older period
2: is just. Boom, boom, boom. Anyway, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I just wanted more. Like it seemed like it was being set up that there was going to be this queer relationship or the possibility for it. And maybe some rejection, like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I can do this. And then going back to it. um, And then they just didn't like, it just ran in the other direction. And so as I was watching, I'm like, okay, we're in an alternate reality in this fantasy where um, race doesn't have the same um, historical Issues that it would have if this was a realistic piece set in this actual era in uh, English history and European history. We, we can't have a little more wiggle room for the homos, for the LGBT oh. folks, for the queer folks. Like, where where the gays at? Like, we know they were there. They may not, may not have been out, obviously, because of the era that they lived in. Mm. But there's lots of historical evidence that people were in same-sex relationships inside and outside mm. of marriage so why couldn't we get a little bit more of that given how we got to see it on screen briefly with him and this mm. other dude yeah like i don't know maybe yeah, that would be the
1: king married a black woman not a gay man <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> i would like one to see at a time
1: no I but i, like I to know what you're saying sure. it's, a, it's like well how come if, if race isn't a thing why is sexuality still a thing i mean they're not the
2: same thing i'm not trying to equate no 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 no, no. sexuality at all yeah and the the show is the listeners (laughs)
0: know and the show is built it's i mean it's built around the marriage market and Mm -hmm. how central that is in people's lives um but i'm i'm interested to see what they do with it i i really hope that they give some more some more meat to storylines in future seasons and they Um, i'm hopeful that they will (laughs) Because he oh, talks like to it. artist. Like, I think like, like, they planned it like, six give, times. Well, I was like, give him more
2: meat. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, second sons Damn, don't right. have the pressure of the first son. So Anthony has to get married. Anthony has no choice oh, yeah. given the marriage market. But Benedict can do whatever he wants as long as Anthony doesn't die. So Benedict's like, got three other brothers. <laughs> <laughs> like He's got options. So why if he's got options as the second son and not the eldest is he not able to dig into some of that in the show given how big it is, how good that could be for young queer people watching the show in the same way that a lot of uh, conversations about representation always go. It's like, Oh, I can be that too. Um, we don't really get that same gratification in mm. this series, at least in this season.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah. So I'm interested to see, um, what which of the
1: sibling stories are you guys most interested? Out of the eight, <laughs> like which ones would you want to see? I'll be honest, I'm not thrilled about Anthony whatsoever. I, <laughs> care, but I don't think um, so. Mine <laughs> would have to be. I really want to know. Yeah, what's she's what's
0: uh, I so spoiler alert for things that I've read about the books. No, uh, if you're play. listening, no, no okay never mind i'm interested to see what else is introduced other than i don't think it's gonna be like that much about anthony anthony the second season so i'm interested to see what else is introduced of course eloise is like the story that i want to hear and i'm interested to see what they do with benedict if they do make him a queer character and how they how they write that journey then in that Mm -hmm. in the context beyond that i feel like they were I guess it was Colin. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> um, so um, we're we're like a little tight on time. And there's a few things I wanted to just mention really quickly that we didn't get to talk about. Um, sorry, to that was a little bit of like an abrupt switch, but we're a little tight on time. Um, I just wanted to say two things that we didn't get to talk about and that I haven't seen as much. One thing actually did come up, but like in the middle when um, the Duke is being like, a pain in the butt (laughs) Um, and Prince Friedrich is like here available and like emotionally (laughs) intact, knows what he wants. I'm like, we, you know, you're just like, uh,
1: if you were Daphne and you had, who would you pick? And where in Prussia would you live with your future?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be real.
1: I, like, it's very clear to me. I was He's like, like, I, I
0: would like, love to live sing. in London. I can't and do First do, do of like all,
1: that, was you'd be a fucking princess. Like, good for you. Second of all, the queen of England would be thrilled with your decision. And you have that going on. Third of all... This dude is open. He's communicative. He's understanding. Even when she breaks it off, he just asks why. And he says, I respect your decision. And the queen's like, you need to fight. So he's healthy. like, I'm not fighting for her. So she healthy. Decision. Like, it was, like, he is, was, I thought, a way better match. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: it's t- and it's tough like you're watching and it's like in that episode watching me and all my like <laughs> my <laughs> mom and my sister-in-law were like drop like forget it like go with the friends, man <laughs> like he knows what he wants but it but of course you still like the big story is the duke so like you yeah, deep- deep, yeah. You, want, you just want them to get back together but it does it, it sets though. up and reinforces <laughs> that thing again that it's like you want to you want to go for the like mysterious troubled man that you need to fix
2: Um,
0: trope. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, that I like, I did nothing but see that exact storyline in for all of life. Um, So that's a little bit like not the best. Um, uh, And the other thing I wanted to just give voice to for a quick minute is also, I haven't seen as much about this on like the, the talk pieces, but this setup for like of Daphne and the other young ladies, but Daphne is like the epitome of this, of like, so like doe-eyed and innocent (laughs) doesn't even know like that the, the seed, the sperm needs to come into the vagina to make the baby. And like, then on top of that, when they do have sex, it's like, Oh, like how wonderful this is. You know, and it's just like now I want sex all the time because you've shown (laughs) me what it is that to me like this didn't get it. This has not gotten a lot of play in like the critique pieces. And I'm like, yo, this is this is some really dangerous shit because this this is something that fuels rape culture. Sorry, we're talking about rape again. (laughs) Um, But, you know, this fuels that idea of like. She doesn't really know what she's talking about, but she can be shown, and then she's gonna love it when she finds out. Um, and that setup of like that innocence, and then again followed immediately by just like, oh, like how what? Oh, I can like touch myself. It's so warm and fuzzy. And then, like, oh, like you're gonna put your penis inside me. That doesn't hurt at all. Like, it's like it's great. Right, it's masturbate. always great right after like, that. I, don't know, I didn't even get to there was, that. There was I'm not saying there that's is. like the worst but it's to yeah. me like it's so and it flew under the radar with this show I felt like and I think mm-hmm. it's uh, like pretty fucked up yeah
1: I want to I want to ask you then um, because there was something that I noticed that I, I, I remember like thinking like oh I kind of want to ask her all about this in the sex scenes something that I did notice was that and I, I give props to Simon he was very um <laughs> that's when his communication skills went up
0: he was, <laughs> it was like
1: He's like, do you like this? What do you want me to do? Tell me what you want me to do. How does this feel? Are you okay? Hey, this might hurt. Just let me know. Do you want me to stop? Like, like I was kind of like, okay, that's mm-hmm. something that you don't normally see in these, in sexing either, where like the yeah. guy's very um, much about like her pleasure. You know what I mean? You know, and we see him go down on her a bunch of times, we've never <laughs> seen her. We've never seen her go down on him, which yeah, is also yeah. something that I was just like, "Oh wow, that's that's." But, so, and I wonder then, does his um, because in a sense, all his questions are forms of consent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I wonder, does that, what does that factor in? And because I understand it completely, your critique of it. But I also wonder, like, is that something to pay attention to as well? Because because people say, like, oh, but asking all these questions like, makes it, like, less sexy. Like, that was pretty sexy of a scene to me. Like-
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, no, that's a good point, Omar. Like, I think that's really powerful to see it, him set up kind of affirmative consent multiple mm-hmm. times. And it be sexy still, right? Like, in the, right. you didn't see that a lot when we were younger, um, in my in my opinion.
2: in I never saw that.
0: Yeah. yeah um so i do think that stuff was good so i'm not i'm just like the overall dynamic of the uh-huh. like doe-eyed now you can show me the world and it's just like awesome i love having sex with you <laughs> um <laughs> the, the ge- <laughs> that general arc i think can can still be um you know it could still set up this idea of like uh-huh. what femininity looks like as transitioning into like sexual relationships um, and but, so I think it's, it's, you know, it's a little tough, but
2: yeah, yeah. I thought th- some of those scenes were great. And Daphne calls out her mother for it, but I don't know if it's enough or if it's enough of a shift for the show that now they can have those open conversations. Cause I don't know if they're there yet. Um, which just underscores your point that like what's left hanging versus what's explicitly talked about versus who the audience is. The contemporary audience matters in what we're making a fantasy, what's realistic, what's not in this type of a story that nice. is so popular
0: yeah that's a great point carlos um and since we're out of time i think we might want to end there um and just do a quick plug or oh, unless... I'm
1: gonna talk about whistle down real
2: quick <laughs> the the big reveal i mean i don't know if we're gonna have enough time to go <laughs> <No> shit, <laughs> <target>. <laughs> well yeah,
1: I, I was I... talking it was penelope i was i'm just gonna say that <laughs>
2: I wasn't
0: shocked. I mean, I was two of the people I was watching with thought it was her and I thought it was Madame Delacroix. I thought it was uh, like Madame you Croix, did. So. I thought I knew one of them was a red herring. I thought Penelope was the red herring because I felt like they set up a lot of clues that it was her, but it turned out that Delacroix was the red herring. Um so I wasn't shocked. I thought it was cool. Um and I think my guess is they'll switch it at least once over the course of if they do like multiple seasons, like she'll get found out and somebody else will take up the mantle. That's my, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thought it was cool. We didn't talk enough about, about Pen, Penelope, but um, maybe, you know, next time. We didn't talk time. anything about
1: Penelope. She or was we can, awesome. Maybe we could
0: talk about her a little bit in our live or something, Carlos. But I, I enjoyed her as well. And that actor is also awesome.
2: Yeah. She was awesome sauce. All right, folks, that's our episode. We know that there is a lot more that you want to talk about. There's a lot that we didn't get to. So, uh, oh, yeah. there's a lot we didn't get to so please uh follow us on instagram at play.hype.dialogue and uh, talk with us let us know your thoughts on what we said here what we didn't get to and more uh please like and review us on apple podcasts um and tune in next month for our next episode do you want to do hype stars Ooh, hype stars for me it's four ditto i'm gonna go three and a half um yeah
0: all right beautiful so hopefully we'll be back for season two of bridgerton in like a year or so when it comes out and we'll see if that affirmed our hype stars or if if the rating goes down um it's great being back everybody
2: yeah it's great talking with y'all thanks for tuning in we missed you